Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody. Welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay. I'm not okay. You're not okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. Welcome back to another episode of I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. And I'm happy to hear, Bob, that you are feeling a bit better about things. Dude, I'm, I'm feeling a lot better. Dude, I'm telling you, when we were doing that last podcast, I was like, well, I guess this is it. This is the end game. And uh, I don't like the end game. Guess what game I like? The the first game. <laughs> no, dude, the first game sucks. <laughs> I like Because you don't know what the rules are. And, and you're relying on unreliable sources like your parents mm-hmm. and other people who have little to no clue as to what the rules are. Uh, for information, so that part sucks. The second part, when you get to, you know, like, middle school, and you get these fucking dumple, dumple brains fucking giving you their fucking dumple info. Brains. Dude, now, now you're just getting fucking, they're doubling up on the fucking information that's bullshitty. What do you think is going to happen to our kids? Because our parents and the authorities in our lives, fed, fed, you know, fed us bullshit. You and I are smart enough to know that we don't really know anything now. What are our kids going to be like? Because we're giving our kid a, a pretty heavy dose of the I don't knows in uh, better preparation than we had for what the, the mysterious uh, cruelty of the world. What are our kids going to be like? Well, I think they've got now a new set of dumple heads <laughs> that are that called the intranet. Uh, that they're being fed information to from. Uh, so they're going to have to even go another step further before they finally get to, okay, I've got all this information now. What what makes sense and what make, doesn't make sense? Which I, I would say is your like 20s when you start figuring that out. And then by the time you get to about 30, you're like, okay, I've got, I've sort of got a handle on it, but you still... You're still not quite there. And then in your 40s, you're like, okay. So I think 40s is, that's the part I want to redo. Right. 50s, not so much. Right. I'm ready to go back to 40. Right. Because I was Mm -hmm. hot at 40. And I knew it. You're hot. You're hot at 50, whatever you are. You're a beautiful Mm -hmm. man. Thank you. I'm just wondering how many more times we have to say dumbleheads before we can call the episode that. (laughs) We're calling it. The episode's 1,000% going to be called Dumpleheads. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better. I, of course, love and care about you, and uh, hearing that you weren't feeling well was a bummer for me, so it's good that you're feeling better. Listen, we get emails. Well, you you were, depre- you were depressed as fuck, dude. How are you doing? Uh, not much better. <laughs> it's aye, aye, aye. Unfortunately, my problem uh, doesn't go away after a good rest. Uh, but I had coffee this morning. I... 
I do a thing with some of my friends who aren't in the music industry, who live in Nashville, and uh, they initiated this a few months ago, and I'm, I don't really drink as much anymore. I don't do any drugs. I quit smoking. I'm living kind of a cleaner life, and so... Wait, wait, hold, 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 hold on real quick. Zip. So they had this idea of instead of us trying to maintain our friendship by going out to bars at night, why don't we just get breakfast super early in the morning? So we've been doing that once a week for a few months. I did that this morning, and those kinds of things do make me feel a lot better. Like talking with some of my friends that aren't involved in the music industry, that just live normal, cool lives, and we're not talking about work. Uh, it's having some coffee, not being hungover. We leave that thing, and then we come to our very, you know, I get to come here and work on podcasts or, you know, write songs or whatever. So little things like that make me feel better. Another thing that's been making me feel better is I've been getting these old EC comic archives, Tales from the Crypt from the 50s, and I've been watching Tales from the Crypt from the 90s, the HBO show, and getting back in touch with things that I loved when I was a kid, which has actually been pretty helpful. Do you ever do anything like that? Uh, I actually did get into... uh some of those old vintage uh, horror comics for a minute. Um, like how, like while you, when you were an adult, you mean, or when, yeah, yeah. A few years ago, I was mainly looking at it for like source material for like collage and stuff. But then I was like, Oh, let me read some of this. And I was like, Oh, this is not good. Some of it isn't, but some of it actually is pretty good, especially when you consider that it was being written in the fifties and sixties. And it's, some of it's pretty dark dude. And I guess the impetus for EC comics it's funny because EC Comics was, EC stood for uh, educational comics. And what it used to be was like Bible stories and all this shit. And I guess when the soldiers came back from World War II, obviously having been in war, they wanted some grittier shit. So EC, the, the son of the EC Comics guy, the founder passed away. The son took over the business, started putting more horror, more sex, made it a little sleazier, a little more pulpy. And it kind of blew up until a censor board shut those motherfuckers down. So there's an interesting, fascinating story with EC Comics. It's funny that you mentioned your, your source stuff. We did just get an email that I wanted to read about your art from JP, which, by the way, clintonbob at gmail.com. Uh, we get all sorts of emails, and we read almost every single one of them on the show. We're going to do that right now. JP says, hey, fellas, really been enjoying Bob's renditions of famous paintings that he's been showing off on social media. As I recall, Bob has said or written that trying to re replicate those works more or less helps him to be to better understand and or appreciate how the original was done, perhaps at least in part, to utilize in his own works down the road. He says, maybe I'm misremembering that. Anyway, I was curious whether you think that doing similarly with songs, recreating them from scratch, would be of use to an amateur songwriter as a means of learning songwriting and or production techniques. I know Bob hates doing covers, but for someone who hasn't written thousands of songs, maybe there'd be some utility there along the same lines of painting someone else's paintings. Or am I missing entirely what it is that you get out of that clearly hard work? Thanks for all you do. Hope to see y'all soon, JP. So what say you, uh, Bob? I will... Okay, well, thanks, JP, for your email. I appreciate it. And thanks for your kind words about my little art uh, reproductions that I've been doing. Um... I've been thinking a lot about it, actually. Um, I don't think covering songs helps you uh, write original songs. I think, actually, it might do the opposite. It might be... Uh, <clears throat> it, it, it might be the enemy of uh, writing your own songs. Um, Why is that? Because I think to create, you have to let go of 
what you know, what you think, and you then know. you just not no, just anything that you know about what you're doing, so that you can listen or see or react to what you're seeing or listening to. Because as soon as you know what it is that you're looking at or hearing, you immediately are not in that creative process. Now you're in some analytical, critical process, which doesn't help you in any way. So it's weird because I have been thinking about it. I'm like, well, I'll tell you the story. The reason I started doing these reproductions um, on my Instagram is because I was talking to an artist um, and we both were talking about doing some oil painting, which neither of us had done before. And, uh, and we were like, well, we should, we should do that. And it, oil painting for me has been this thing that's like, well, I, it, it just seemed daunting. Like, yeah, you have mediums and I just never did it. So like anything, I just said, well, why don't we set ourselves like a challenge uh, set up a challenge where we do a, an oil painting a week. And so that's what we did. And we did it about, I don't know, maybe 20 weeks ago now, because I've, I've done 20 paintings since. And uh, so I thought, well, what's the, what's the best way that I can learn how to oil paint? I don't want to get stuck in the process of trying to come up with some great image. Because I'm such a perfectionist, I, I just thought, well, I'll get stuck in that. So what I'll do is I'll just reproduce a painting. I know what it's going to look like at the end, and then I can learn how to use this oil paint. And it works great because uh, it's real fun to do. You know what you're going to end up with, and it's not as scary as just starting from scratch and, and just painting whatever. But in terms of like going from that to actually painting an original painting, I don't know how helpful it is to tell you the truth. And so, and I think it's the same way with, with songwriting. I mean, I never learned how to play more than maybe one or two songs when I was a kid. Um, and then I just started writing songs as a teenager for fun and never have learned any cover songs my entire life but I've written thousands of original songs and, and mainly because uh, you know, when I'm, I do, cause I don't know what I'm doing. So like, you know, this Clint from just playing with me, like I'll write a song and then I'll ask you or I'll ask the guys in my band. I'm like, what is this that I'm playing? And you'll be like, Oh, that's a C sauce five chord. Right. Right. When you're like, but, but, but oh, I, my band guys only respond to me with an Elvis impersonation when I right. ask them stuff. Well, that's, yeah, that's, that's part of the uh, requirement if you're going to be in the band. Only speak when spoken to and when spoken to and speaking back, only speak in an Elvis impersonation voice. That was... let's, let's, hear, let's hear your Elvis voice. Okay, you ready? Hey, I'm ready. <laughs> hey, it's me. Wait, wait, hold, this, on, hold, wait, on. hold on, hold on. Don't, don't time... fucking do that right. to me. I, no, I was just going to do the intro because we're, we're talking about doing jingles. <sighs> so here, here we go. Here's Elvis time with Clinton Pop. Well, now my joke's ruined because oh, let shit. me go ahead and tell you, I'm not going to do an Elvis impersonation. My impersonation was going to be me just sort of boringly saying, hello, my name's Elvis, which would have been pretty good. All right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Oh, really? Now? Hey, it's me, Elvis. I'm a fat, I'm a fat guy who died on the toilet. I love hamburgers. Oh, that's a good impression there, Clint. Well, that's a good impression. 
that's a good, that's a good impression, Clint. Mm. <laughs> I felt like I was talking. I felt like I was talking to myself. You're like Forrest Gump, Elvis now. <laughs> no, I'm, this is the real Elvis. Forrest Gump tried to copy me. He tried to copy me in that movie. Um, even though JP didn't ask me, is to- that the end? That's the end of the Elvis pit. Well, that was wasn't, quick. Wasn't our strongest moment. I, I had a different experience than you, and my, you know, when I was young, I don't know if this is good advice for this guy, but I, one of the things I did by way of example, and I did this in a million different ways, and I was in a bunch of cover bands, and I feel like I learned a lot from dissecting other people's songs. But one of the by by illustration, I had a four, Tascam four track. Did you ever used to record on a four track at all? Oh yeah, I did. It's super fun because it's super limiting. You really only have three tracks. You have to use the fourth track to bounce those other tracks. But I took Hotel California by the Eagles and completely recreated it on guitar on a four track when I was like 13. And in doing so, learned a lot about harmonic structure and a lot about harmonies and and composition, the guitar solo, uh, stuff that I definitely carried with me through to my songwriting. So I guess the ultimate answer to that is there's no real wrong or right way to do it. But if you get stuck in only doing what other people do, you're never going to find out what your voice is, right? That's kind of what your point is. I I disagree with what you're saying. I think the more you know about all the stuff that you're talking about, the less able you are to come up with ideas. Um, I really, I I really believe that. I I mean, when you started writing songs in earnest, I feel like it was doing kind of the song game right before that you weren't writing a ton of songs i'd written maybe a hundred i'd made written maybe a hundred songs before that but yeah but when you started writing with the song game you were you were writing probably more at that point than you had ever written before and for the longest time you were just kind of trying to recreate like ryan adams songs i thought and then that's what you think well that's what it sounded like to me but but then after about a year of that you started really branching out and 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 really writing i'm not saying you didn't write anything good in that first year i'm just saying it it sounded like one thing and then eventually it ended up just i don't know just getting better and and stronger and more unique yeah but that that's just anyone who does anything a lot it's gonna get better at it but i've always even even when i branched out from that and started making different kinds of music for me for my path it still was always like oh i want to write my version of Bridge Over Troubled Water, or my version of Stand Inside Your Love, or whatever it is, whatever I'm, I tend to write whatever I'm listening to also, like, I've been listening to a lot of Drake and Post Malone, and just because that's what's in my ears all the time, when I sit down to be creative, I'm I'm just interested in making stuff that sounds like that, and for me, the balance is, I listen to a Post Malone track, and I'm, I am thinking, how did they do this, how did they make this sound, did they use battery, did they use this other program, how did they sidechain the kick and the and the bass to meld it like i think about production ideas too and then for me the challenge is when you sit down to actually be creative to take everything that you've learned and not let that be some sort of analytical voice over your head that keeps you from finding your voice but i do feel like some of that is useful and has a utility in getting what you hear in your head onto tape you've got to be able you got to be able to get it out and the way you get it out is you have to learn how to do it. I think what you're saying is true when it comes to producing and when it comes to recording a song that's already written. 100%. But, you, but the writing, the creative process is what you're saying. The creative process suffers from anything that you know. 
Like as soon as you know what you're playing, as soon as you know what it is that's going on, you're not listening anymore. You're you're thinking. And and thinking is the enemy of creativity. Like you want to be this naked sprite dancing about Check, the, done. Uh, mm-hmm. Go on. <laughs> dancing through the fucking forest. Yes. Like a crazy person. And you don't want to know where you are. And you don't want to know what you're doing. You don't even want to know that you're a naked sprite. You just want to be playing. And that's the part that gets lost as soon as you kind of are self-aware of what you're doing. Do you ever, is it possible to, almost like a like a Buddhist mantra, to, to be in a creative moment or process and realize you are analyzing it too much and step back from that and... You know what I mean? It seems like such a nuanced thing that you may be swimming and out of. You got to tell that voice no. It seems it seems impossible to be the naked, the free, unknowing naked sprite in Eden the whole time. That just seems really. I don't know if you can go back from knowing stuff. I think that's the problem that songwriters have. Uh, the longer they do it, like that's why you get people who like wrote these amazing songs when they were younger. And then have a harder time writing great songs as they get older because they're like, oh, I already wrote that song or that song's too simple or it's not good enough or whatever it is that they're thinking. They weren't thinking that when they were 17 or 18 or 22 when they wrote, uh, you know, when, when Ray Davies wrote You Really Got Me when he was 17 or 16 or whatever it was, uh, he wasn't thinking about like, Oh, I already wrote this song, or this this song's not cool. He was just fucking doing it, and 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 that's what you got to do. You just got to just do it, and kind of not know what you're doing. So that's why I like, I love picking up instruments I don't know how to play, which for me is almost all instruments, including guitar <laughs> and including piano. Like I know a little bit about those instruments, but I don't know much. And so I can pick it up and just start playing whatever. And I don't know what I'm playing. I don't know what scale I'm playing. I don't know. I mean, I know a little bit more about the piano. Like I know what the notes are. But if I just randomly hit some notes, I don't know what that is. But there are people that know what that is. Like, and they 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 find it. I th- I think if you know all that, it's almost impossible to write anything. <laughs> I mean not okay. I'm not saying write anything. You can write you can write all day long. I just don't know how much is going to get written that's worth a shit. Well, JP's going to have to just take both of our perspectives and uh think for himself and split the difference maybe because I think learning in- the proper way to play instruments is actually really helpful <laughs> in being creative and writing, but I disagree. I know you do. And he's going to have to just think for himself. That's fine with me. Uh another email from K Sanders. She says, Clint and Bob, I love this podcast. I usually listen to podcasts when trying to fall asleep, but I had to stop doing that with yours because I couldn't stifle my left laughter and kept waking my husband up. I bet he loved that. <laughs> what's going on, babe? Like, why are you, what's so funny? Oh, I'm just listening to Bob and Clint. They're way funnier than you, husband. I think about them longingly as I close my eyes and wait for the dream weaver to come. Yeah, he loved that, I bet. So, uh, sh- she says, I was first turned on to Bob when I moved my daughter to Austin in the summer of 98. Dragged my 18-year-old daughter and my 52-year-old mother into Antones to check out some new music. After that, I went through several copies of Lonely Land as my daughter kept stealing it and giving my copies away to her friends. Hang on for that ride, guys. 
Anyway, I've been a diehard since 98. Loved it when you were doing the stage it shows. What are those? It's like a concert online where they buy a ticket and then they can watch you perform. She says, I wanted to say how cool it was to hear both of you share your thoughts on feminism on one of the recent podcasts. You both laid down the 14-year-old boy and busted out Mr. Serious. Hey. You were talking about hashtags to bring exposure to the podcast. You should use hashtag Clint and Bob since no one else has used that yet. There are a few Bob and Clint hashtags, but it's not you guys. So some other dickheads out there named Clint and Bob have done some sort of thing together that would warrant them creating a hashtag Clint, Bob and Clint. What could that be? Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of zoned out a little bit. I know that it's Sorry. hard for you when you're not talking, Bob. I know that's really tough for you. It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. I mean, I was I was trying to pay attention, but what ends up happening is like I'll be paying attention, and then you'll say something, and then it'll trigger something, and then I'm I'm like that kid. You're that waiting sees to a talk. Butterfly. You're just waiting to talk. No, no, no. That's not it. I'm telling you, I'm like a kid who's walking down the path, following you, and then I see a butterfly, and then I follow the butterfly, and then I get eaten by the bear, and then you're like, uh, "Where's Bob? Oh, he's getting eaten by a bear," and then. I show up and I'm all covered with bear marks like the Revenant. And you're like, what the fuck did you do? And I'm like, I didn't do shit. I was just following this butterfly. And this bear tried to start to fuck me. And then you get all pissed off at me. And I'm like, hey, man, I didn't want to get fucked by this bear. I was just saw a butterfly. Well, now I'm in the unenviable position of having to literally ask you to please for the 30 minutes that we do this show to pay attention. Okay. Which is I'm paying attention. Horrible, a horrible place for you to put me in is to have to ask you to pay attention while we're doing the podcast. I'm tr- I'm trying. I really am. <sighs> God damn it. All right. She says, I look forward to getting to know you better, Clint. I don't dig Metallica, but I did listen to an episode of your podcast and I enjoyed it. Even thought the topic was about the cancel even though the topic was about cancel shows and treatment. I do have a question for you. What inspired your daughter's name? You too, Bob. So she wants to hear what inspired our daughter's names, and why don't you take why don't you take it, Bob? Uh, my daughter's name is Scarlet. Um, I did not like the name. Uh, now it's my daughter's name, so I'm dealing with it. But my wife's favorite movie is Gone with the Wind, which I'd never seen in its entirety because it's 20 hours. Yeah, long. it's super long. So she finally was like, "Well, you got to watch it, so you know why we want to name our daughter Scarlet." So I watched the movie. And by the way, if you haven't seen Gone with the Wind, maybe the most fucked up movie of all time. And I'm talking about more fucked up than Clive Barker movies. The shit that happens at the end of fucking Gone with the Wind makes Schindler's List look like a goddamn Pixar movie. I've never seen it. Well, get ready to get yourself fucked watching that movie because that's what's going to happen that should be then, yeah that should be the intro that should be the title you know the tagline for the movie get ready to get yourself fucked yeah 1940s style biatch and then and then the chick at the end whose name is scarlett o'hara 100%, not 99.9, 100% insane. And she's like, oh, we got to name our daughter the insane person from this movie. I'm like, she's insane. But guess what? Guess who won that argument? Hmm. I'll give you one guess. Not me. Elvis.
Okay, what's your what's your story? <laughs> Let's well, hear your story. Well, what did you want to name your kid? I like I like stripper names like Bunny or Honey or something like that. Wow, you, you like I, two peas in a pod. I do like how cute would it be if my daughter's name was Bunny or Honey Schneider? Honey Schneider. Oh, oh my God, that's there's nothing cuter than that. <laughs> if it was me, my kids' names would be Lucky and Honey. Oh my God! Oh my God, dude, those are the best names in the world. Hi, I'm Lucky Schneider. My dad's a big musician in Austin. He named me Lucky. Because that's what I am. Because that's what I he am. Lucky. No, this he, is the girl. <laughs> for, for, for what? He wouldn't talk like that. He'd talk like this. Hey, my name is Lucky. Lucky Schneider. Hey, y'all. My name's Lucky Schneider. My daddy named that because that's named me that because that's what I am. Lucky. Anyway, here's a song I wrote for you guys. It's a cover song of the Eagles Hotel California. I don't know who that. Who is that kid? That's Lucky, that's Lucky Schneider. Schneider. That's Lucky, dude. <laughs> and that's his big phrase. My daddy named me that because that's what I am. Lucky. That's what he. That's like his catchphrase. Let's hear. Let's hear. Let's hear. Uh, Honey Schneider's story. Let's hear your impression of Honey Schneider. Hi, my name's Honey Schneider. <laughs> And my dad named me that because that's what I'm like. <laughs> Sweet as honey. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. That's good. Woo. That's good. Those are your two kids, bro. All right. What's what's the story with your daughter's name? Uh, it's not funny or interesting. Same deal. That's what my wife wanted to name her. And because my wife grew the kid in her body and uh, and went through all that, she got first priority i wanted to name my kid primrose and call her prim but then hunger games happened and that was out even though people don't talk about hunger games anymore that was definitely a cultural moment that came and went uh, everyone was reading the books everyone was watching the films it launched jennifer uh what's her name shit what's her name what's the chick from hunger games lawrence lawrence that's right yeah yeah. and she had her big moment and now i feel like no one talks about her anymore either man this is a fickle fucking world, dude. Yeah, it is. I didn't like the name Nova either because I imagined saying her name a lot and saying the word no a lot to her in my, in my little crunchy granola hippie m- part of my mind. I was like, I don't want to say no to my kid all the time. It's in her name. It's building her name. It's negative. It's no. But of course, like you said, your kid gets here and that's their name. And so you, of, of course, love it. It's, it's That's your kid's name. Right. And here's the other thing that I realized as I was telling the story about like, my, that's what my wife wanted. And here's the thing. At the end of the day, it's just a name. Who gives a fuck, really? And you got to let people that you're in relationships with have some wins. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's an easy win. That's an easy yes. That's an easy win to give somebody. Yeah, I mean that you you know, you sort of said it casually, but I've I'm on my second marriage and have seen a lot of shit as you have and um <clears throat> What you casually just strewn out there, that advice, is really the crux of the success of relationships is both both parties have to feel like they have a voice that matters in the relationship. And I, I it took me a really long time to learn that. And a lot of relationships ended because I was too dumb to know that 
smart wisdom. Right. So uh, we'll end with the end of Kay's email. She ends by saying, it's fun to hear you guys talk about the stuff you love and hate. Um, thanks for the laughs. Both of you are too fucking funny. Keep it up. From Kay Sanders. Thank you, Kay. That was a really sweet email. Thanks, Kay. Um, should we try to hit another email before we split? We got about four minutes. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. That's like three emails. D. Mayer, which is Dylan Mayer. Sorry, I'm reading. I, I haven't re- pre-read any of these. Hey, Bob and Clint, love your show. I listen to it every week, and it makes me feel okay. I'm a huge fan of Mellow Up Your Podcast and decided to give this podcast a shot. Haven't looked back since. Because of the show, I now listen to Bob's music frequently and admire the talent that both of you possess in the musical world. My question is, how can I feel confident in the music I'm trying to make? I want to record an EP with myself and a friend, but I feel unsure about it because this is my first time putting something out there. This is nice. This is going to tie into our first email. I've been playing guitar since I was 16, and now I'm 23. Thanks for the help in advance. I will always listen and be on the ride. Peace from Dylan. So Dylan wants to jump in the deep end and and create something. What do you what do you think, Bob? Do it. Just, just do, do it. it. Yeah, just do it, dude. Don't. Here's the thing. If you're here's what you got to do, kid. Well, well, here's the problem. Here's the problem. If you're trying to write a good song, like let's say you just and here's the problem with that cover thing too that that we addressed before, which I didn't really address. But here's the problem. So you're covering. You're not covering. Uh, Paul Simon's shittiest song. Now, if you want to cover Paul Simon's shittiest song, all you have to do is look to the next track, the track that's next to Bridge Over Trouble Waters or the track that's next to any one of his songs because he litters his albums with truly shitty songs. Uh, Learn one of those super shitty songs and then write a song because then you might be like, oh, this is just as good as that shitty song that Paul Simon wrote. But if you... Learn fucking House of the Rising Sun and then try to write a song as good as House of the Rising Sun, you're gonna fall up short. It's like it's like pornos. Like if you look at if you're watching pornos, you're probably you're probably gonna be looking at some pretty fucking sizable dicks. And then you'll be looking at your own dick going, Man, my dick does not match up to this porn dick. So the best thing you can do is not have any other dicks in the room when you're looking at your own dick. That's my that's my motto that I've lived with my whole life. And guess what? I'm at a hundred percent right now. That's on, on the that that's on the family crest for Lucky and Honey too. That's yeah, that's the that's Schneider family even, motto. I don't I don't even pee in front of anybody because I don't want to catch a glimpse of somebody's dick while I'm peeing. So here's the deal. Wow. Have fun. Don't try to write a good song. Just try to have fun. Like I'm all, this is what I say when you do anything creative. Make yourself laugh. Say something crazy and ridiculous. Just have fun and just do it and don't worry about if it's good or bad. Once it's done, then you can take take a step back and go, "Do I like this? Who cares? It's fun to make stuff. It's fun to be creative. Be creative, have fun." Do it with friends, because that's fun, too. Jam out, record it, put it out, play it for yourself. You'll love it. Have a good time. Hmm. Well, on that note, folks, we should just wrap it up, because that was great advice from one Mr. Bob Schneider, a man who knows a thing or two about good songs. You can follow us on the socials, even though we literally never post there. You can email us, bobandclint at gmail.com. And, of course, Bob and I have our own social medias, at Bob Schneider, at Clint Wells. 
Metal Up Your Podcast is my Metallica podcast. It's a good podcast. You'll probably like it. Bob's Song Club podcast is awesome. If you become a patron, you get a bunch of cool shit over there. Hear about the songs from conception to completion and demos and how it all works. And with that, I think we should get the hell out of here and say peace. All right. Peace. Peace.